At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Matt Ryan traded by the Falcons to the Colts in one of the moves that we never would have seen coming. Terry Fontenot, GM of the Falcons, claims he saw it coming. Here he is talking about the possibility of trading Matt Ryan even before Deshaun Watson was a possible alternative to the longtime quarterback. Whether we began to explore Deshaun or not, we were discussing trading Matt. We were discussing that, just looking at all the, the options and what was best for this team. So um, that was already... Um, we were already having those discussions. For this offseason? To make yes, that sir. trade happen this offseason? We, we were discussing it, yes, sir. Here's what's odd about it. It was on March 11th that NFL media reported as a done deal, a restructuring of Matt Ryan's contract that would have dropped his cap number from $48.66 million this year down to $36.66 million, but also would have increased the cap charge for trading him before June 1 by 15 million to 55.525 million. So that never got finalized. And remember when we were doing that a week or so ago, like, wait a minute, I thought Matt Ryan restructured. Maybe he didn't. And we tracked down during the show. He hadn't. They hadn't actually filed the paperwork. And we thought it was because of Deshaun Watson. Maybe it's possible that, The Falcons had second thoughts, and while they're in the process of exercising their second thoughts, being sure that this is what they want to do, the Deshaun Watson thing falls out of the sky and lands in their laps, which gives them a reason to not file that final paperwork, to not get it signed, to not get it finalized, to not do that restructuring. Something caused them to not do the restructuring when it was reported as fact by NFL media on March 11th. So... So maybe I'm not saying that they're lying. I'm saying that, yeah. that you know, five days go by. Why wouldn't you? You, you want to have that paperwork in place by 4 p.m. Eastern on the first day of the league year. You need that paperwork in place to cut the cap number down. That's when the cap numbers for the next league year become effective. The fact that it didn't get put through from Friday to Wednesday tells me at some point after Friday, somebody said, yeah. And, and it may be that over that weekend, that's when Deshaun Watson made it known that he wanted the Falcons at the table. Maybe, yeah, maybe they right. are. Maybe they are spinning a yarn here. But still, we had those five days go by 
where they didn't do the thing that we thought they were going to do on Friday. We were told they had already done it on right, Friday. Right. No, I know. I, I'd love to know how that shook out, too. I, I mean, that, that is a little bit weird or, you know, hard to make sense of as far as how it went down. You know, as I, you know, we talked about a little bit, right? Uh, I, I do think Deshaun Watson's interest in Atlanta kind of caught them off guard. They weren't actively pursuing him. You know, and then also what goes in line a little bit where I want to believe them a little is, you know, something I said to you earlier this week. You know, I, I had heard that there was a little bit like, wait, Calvin Ridley done for the year. Russell Gage, we lost him. Like, oh, crap. Like, what are we going to be? Maybe we got to, you know, rethink this thing. And we got a little bit more rebuilding than, than we thought. And maybe we got to, you know, think about Matt Ryan. I could get behind that idea. I could see them going there. As I told you earlier this week, I was led to believe that, you know, some of these things altogether is what just made them think like, okay, maybe it's time to start this new era. Uh, I don't know exactly all the little details there, but I know it's, it's, it's interesting to, you know, did, did they really, you know, think about trading Matt Ryan before the Deshaun Watson? I think I can get behind that thought that they were probably thinking about it. And then maybe Watson and all that conversation just took it to another phase of like, wait, this might be a real reality and got them being a little more aggressive behind the situation. Yeah. I'm going to find out more about what actually happened there and, uh, how it all came together and i'm very curious about it and yeah. that's my guiding light if i'm curious about it i assume other people are curious about it. although sometimes i'm curious about things nobody cares about i understand that too sometimes i fully acknowledge that only i'm curious about it nobody else cares but this one is just this one if i'm a falcons fan i'm still uncertain as to how the hell we got to this point where matt ryan's gone Marcus Mariota is our top option and uh, will be until we trade for Kyler Murray, if that happens. <laughs> and that would be the next. I'm still saying, you know, in this and in, in some seriousness, if I'm Kyler Murray and I'm dissatisfied with the way the Cardinals are handling my request for a second contract. And I see all this other crazy ass movement. I see all these other guys getting what they want. Devontae Adams getting out of Green Bay. Tyree Kill getting out of Kansas City. They're not even quarterbacks. I'm a quarterback. I want out. No, all these other guys are getting what they want. Russell Wilson got what he wanted. You're not going to pay me what I want. I'm not playing for you until you pay me what I want. Baseball lockout's over, baby. I'm out. I'm out. Trade me. I want out. And I, I feel like what's happened the last two weeks wouldn't make him less inclined to try to do that. No. It's going to make him more inclined to try to do it. Well, he's going to be frustrated, but it would, you know, what I would what I would say to Kyler Murray is just, you know, be patient. You got the Arizona Cardinals, you got them. Uh, they've built the team around you. They got a head coach that they hired cuz of you. Uh, and 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 the team is close. Do you really want to go to Atlanta where I go, well, it's going to be some time before they're contender here again. But, uh, yes, I, I mean, again, I think these moves, Mike, to your point more broadly is it, it's going to embolden a lot of players, to your point. It is. They're going to – I think the players, you know, feeling bad about, wait, do I really want to make this move, change my life, hurt the fan base that loves me, that, that doesn't – they don't care anymore. They've realized that, hey, this is just part of the deal now. Got to move on. Got to find better deals. Got to strike while the iron's hot. Uh, and, and I do think that they've been emboldened by all this action for sure. And you know what? Maybe, maybe the fact that it's happening so commonly now has caused fans to become 
more willing to accept when it happens. That the NFL fan has morphed into the NBA fan where you just tolerate like injuries or the COVID-19 list the past two seasons. That there's another reason to worry about this vague and unpredictable possibility of someone being ripped away from your favorite team. And and it's he wants out, and they let him go, and there isn't a damn thing we can do about no, it. No, there isn't a damn thing we can do about it. And and maybe maybe that's happening. And if so, that is is progress toward getting the fans to understand that the players have, or at least should have, yeah. greater flexibility than they currently have. And one of the reasons they don't is they're afraid of becoming pariahs if they shoot their shot and they don't get out. Then you got to walk into that 70,000-seat stadium with everyone booing you yeah. because you're the guy who tried to get out, and you yeah. don't want to be there. That's you don't want right. to be part of that community. You know, screw you. Uh, it's already hard enough to go on the road. Now all your games, you walk out yeah. of the tunnel, right. you got to worry about somebody you know, throwing a battery at you or, or hurling insults or having a sign that says something about you or your mother or whatever. I mean, that, 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 I think that to the extent that the fan bases have accepted that this is the way it is, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers, between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, Brady leaving New England after 20 years, and Rodgers openly contemplating leaving Green Bay. I think those are the dynamics that have helped fans get to the point yeah. where they I think they are right. accepting right. of this mobility of players. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that you know definitely um, broke down some barriers with those two guys and, and what's happened there. You know, Matthew Stafford, you add that a little icing on the top there. That adds to it as well. I, again, you know, I, for some reason with the NBA, it seems like people are always critical of those guys a little bit. Oh, they, you know, they're spoiled. Oh, the NBA, they always want to change teams and do all that. Selfish. Selfish, Selfish. right, right. Selfish. But, it, I, I, again, you know, the NFL, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask you, like, is this is this a positive? I, I want to say, you know, are there going to be unintended consequences that are bad by this? I don't know. I would say my early assessment here would be, this is positive. The news around the sport, I mean, everywhere I go, it doesn't matter where I go. Walk into a, the store yesterday, go to the gym and get a late afternoon workout. The trades, the trades, this is awesome. This is unbelievable. I already want the football season to start. I mean, I got every man in the world coming up to me talking about it. I mean, so I can't look at this and think this is a negative for football. So I, I, I don't know, Mike. I mean, do you, do you think so? You think the – Fans are going to get sick of this, or are they going to you know, jump onto this and love the action that goes on in the offseason? First of all, when did you start calling the dispensary the store? Because I know that's the only store you go to. <laughs> You're right. It actually was where I went yesterday, uh, oddly enough. <laughs> Not even lying. That is the store I was talking about, the dispensary. <laughs> we have a winner. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, look, I think it's great because I love a good story. Right. And I love chaos. And, you know, with Baker Mayfield, for example, last week, and boy, that feels like 100 years ago. But I remember going through the mental gymnastics. What's better for my business? Is it better if he's traded or is it better if the Browns are stuck with a guy who doesn't want to be there? <laughs> hmm, that's probably better because that has a payoff <laughs> right. every week. You drop the quarter in that slot machine and the quarters are falling out of the bottom for 18 weeks of the regular season. So I, I, I like an exciting story. And, you know, it's up to the coaches to have the flexibility to absorb these pieces. Mike McDaniel will have 
the flexibility and the creativity to absorb Tyreek Hill. Andy Reid will have the creativity to move on from Tyreek Hill. I think it's great to see these names moving around. Now, it's you know, if you're an AFC team, especially if you're one of the bottom feeders now, like the Texans, Jaguars, and Jets, you're like, what in the hell? Would some of these guys go to the NFC? Yeah, you know, seriously. guys, there is another conference right. of teams out there. Give us there. a chance. <laughs> they didn't disband the NFC. Holy crap. But, uh, yeah, I think, I, think it's, I think it's good. I think it's good. It adds to the flavor, the excitement. Um, and, and, and it's been a nice compliment to a free agency class that really wasn't all that inspiring. You're right. Not that respect. special. You're right. You're right. Most of the intriguing news has come from trades. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're right. It, it is. It was not a huge superstar free agency class. It was not, but the, the movement of some of these, the trades, the quarterbacks, all of that is it's been for an amazing two or three weeks here. Again, I don't remember any time like this ever. My whole life, forty-one years of of going, man, this many guys, game-changing type football players, changing teams. It just adds so much intrigue for the next year, and it, it is exciting. I'm excited for it too to see some of these guys in their in their new uniforms. Hey, if the NFL would get rid of the franchise tag, we'd have this stuff more often. Maybe that would be the only argument in favor of the NFL squandering its power to keep guys in place. But uh, I don't think they're I don't think they're that smitten with this enhanced news cycle yet to give up their biggest tool to keep guys from blowing the market sky high. We're blowing the timeline sky high here. We need to take a break. When we return, Chris's top quarterback in the 2022 draft class had his pro day workout yesterday. How did he do, Matt Corral? I always want to say Coral. Matt Corral. (laughs) We'll talk about him next here on PFT Live. There are the rankings from Christopher Sims. Matt Corral, number one. I don't know why my brain wants to say Coral. It reminds me of when Roger Goodell became the commissioner, and I spent several weeks with Goodell instead of Goodell. Matt Coral instead of Corral. Matt Corral, number one, had his pro day workout yesterday. I blew the T's earlier. I apologize to the extent How that I How dare you? I was tantalizing you to stick around as if you're going anywhere anyway. I mean, they're going to keep watching the show. They're going to keep watching the show. So we get to find out now. Chris, you saw the... Matt Corral, Corral. <laughs> it's in my head. Yeah, in your head, Werder. The Matt Corral pro day workout. What'd you think? Well, it, good. I mean, again, the guy that's coming off an injury, right? Got hurt in the Sugar Bowl. Had a, a you know a little bit of a bad ankle, high ankle sprain. So I think he's really kind of just getting back in the swing of things here. But uh, the the one thing you see with Matt Corral, a little bit like what we talked about yesterday with the rankings in general. I mean, it's a good athlete. He's extremely quick. Really can pop his feet in the pocket. The release is as quick as I've seen in coming out of, of college, really, ever. I mean, it, it's that quick. Just watch it, some of these, Mike. Just go, damn, it's unbelievable that it gets out. It looks like he just puts it in his ear and throws a dart. You know, this one might not be the best for that because it's a little bit more of a low. Oh. But, yes, the arm is oh, yeah. special. I mean, you know, again, he flat-footed from the goal line, was throwing a ball 58 yards, you know, yesterday without stepping into it or anything. Just keep the feet parallel. It's an explosive arm. It's the quickest release in the draft. You get to see that. You know, I think he's the most accurate intermediate to short ball thrower in the draft. Uh, you look at that, okay, on the run, best thrower there. You see it. You know, he's got a really live arm with a quick release, and he's a very good athlete. He's got three things to me that are what I would call elite traits, and that's the quick release, really strong arm, and the quickness overall as an athlete 
is through the roof good. I mean, it's almost wide receiver type quickness when he moves and makes people miss. So uh, I think you saw a little bit of that on display yesterday with Corral. Yeah, I see the ball just kind of firing off of it his hand. It pops there, out of so. his hand. Yes, and and that 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 you know it's not quite Dan Marino release, but there's there's a lot to be said for that. To right. the extent that we criticize the guys that have that slow catapult, gives the defensive back an extra half second to get in position, gives the defensive end an extra half second to try to knock the ball out. When you can get rid of the ball that fast and it and it launches. Man, that's something. That's yes, special. So exactly. I can see why he's your number one just based on what we saw at the pro day. No, yeah, Mike. And then he can do the other things too. Of uh, you know what? What's so great about that quick release to jump off what you're saying? To you know, hey, you see Mahomes and Rogers, how quickly they can catch the ball and just flick it out there to that guy, and it's it's fast, it's on the money, it's accurate, and they get it out of their hands so quick that it gives their guy the extra tenth or you know two tenths of a second now to wait. I got the ball in my hand, and I can make a move and do something special that way. I, I really, he's made for the modern day NFL right now with all the play action pass. He ran a ton of play action pass at Ole Miss, the bootlegs, the movement, all of that. Hey, the one thing I'd like to see more from, I talk about this in my podcast, you know, going through the field of, you know, the reads one to two to three to four, you see it. You'd like to see a little bit more, but there's enough there to go, hey, he could do it. And you know, their offense a little bit was just, hey, look at this guy, and we game plan it, throw it to him, or hey, it's this guy to this guy. It's only two reads, so you know there's some of that you'd like to see more of. But the talent is real, that's for sure. Um, and to me, yes, he is the most talented guy in this draft, and you know, I, it, it's going to be interesting because I know there's some things guys are a little bit. There's some off the field questions with Corral too that I think are going to play into this whole thing about where exactly he's drafted in the first round. What kind? What? Well, what? What is it? Uh, just that, hey, he's a college out. kid. It, there's nothing bad. He's not a mean kid. But I just have hear from too many people here and there, you know, just hey, whatever. Partied a little wild at time. Nothing that I oh, look at. God forbid. I know. God you forbid. know, nothing, I don't look at it and go. Did he go to the store right, yesterday too? Right. Right. I mean, that's the that's how I feel. I'd go, but man, Dan, if we followed Brett Favre in college, I'd tell you there'd be a little bit of a wild well, thing going on. Or Dan uh, Marino uh, that, or Elway or Chris Sims well, or anybody. I, <laughs> Marino, Marino fell because of it. It's like he's a college kid. What I do you know. expect? He's a I college know. kid in the early '80s. Good lord! Right. If for college kid in the early '80s, not getting arrested at some point during your college experience, you pass the test. That's the litmus test. Because I lived that life in the early '80s. Yeah. And sometimes you get a little, your hand a little close to the fire. But the, if you, if as long as you didn't get arrested for anything, you're good to go. You're fine. So yeah. yeah, God forbid a college kid acts like a college kid. Not that I condone it. Not not that I not that I'm proud of it. No, but, it's just you know the we've, fact we've of all nature. been there, right? And uh, yeah, so yeah. No, uh, it's... What, what about the concern that the Mississippi offense a little too yeah. heavy with the RPOs? Right. I, I, you know, I think people. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot. But you know, again, uh, it's you know they're, they're in. The, that's the league we're in right now. You know, play action pass is the number one way to get big plays in the pass game in the NFL. The RPOs and then the traditional, wait, I'm going to keep it. All right, play action pass. We got a deep post and another guy working deep down the field and I'm going to do it that way. He's phenomenal at that. 
You know, but the you know a lot of good teams, the 49ers, the Bills. You look at some of those teams; they're up there towards the top of football. The Tennessee Titans. I mean, play action pass is where it's at. That's where I say he's he's made for the modern day NFL because of the strength in the arm and the quickness of the release. To okay, wait, play action pass. Oh, I got to throw a 60 yard bomb or the 30 yard crosser, and I got. I could just flick it or I could throw there like a missile. Sure. Oh, wait. Now it's time to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, quick one RPO. Now I got to throw a dime sidearm over the middle rocket for eight, 10 yards. He's, he's as good as I've seen at that stuff. That's where he's special. And so I look at that, you know, coupled with the movement, I'd like to see him play a little bit bigger in the pocket when it collapses, that would be another one I'd go, you know, know, he's 6'2", people start to hover around, he might look to tuck the ball a little too quick at times where I want to go, hey, just stand in there and make the throw. Yeah, you're going to make the hit, take the hit, okay. But, uh, again, I'm, I'm blown away by the kid's talent. He doesn't put it all together yet. He hasn't, but he's close, and he made a jump from two years ago to this past year to playing clean football and playing the position a little bit more true to form to where I just go, wait, this kid's improving and getting better along with the talent. Watch out if he gets in the right place. Let's go ahead and take a break. One return. Some more interesting news from the NFL on Wednesday, and I'm not going to get any more specific than that, and I'm definitely not going to name names lest I be chastised for blowing the tees again during the break. That's a hell of a tease. We've got more PFT Live. That's all the tease you need. We'll be right back. (laughs) Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while a lot of things have changed since then, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker oats. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different flavors and varieties. Whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber, Quaker oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even Quaker fruit fusion with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker oats in your local grocery store. You mentioned a couple years ago that, you know, look, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. You've got a starting quarterback in the, in the NFL. You, you did in Russell. You didn't think it was a great fit, and now Russell's gone. Do you, do you plan on bringing Colin in for a workout? Uh, we're still we're, we're watching him. You know, he's, he's been working out and doing a lot of, a lot of good things, uh, trying to get prepared for an opportunity here. It's amazing that he's stayed with it, you know, for all these years. It just shows you his, his, you know, his resolve to try and prove that he can play. Um, I, I, I think a lot of the, the effort that he's made to this point. Um, we're watching him. We're watching him. Well, you know what? There's a more direct way to watch him. You bring him in. You bring him in for a workout. You watch him in your building. You watch him on your field. You watch him with your own eyes in person, not whatever video happens to make its way to YouTube. If you want to see him, see, uh, here's the fundamental problem. And we've talked about this in the past. The fact that they've made it five years of shunning Colin Kaepernick makes it so much easier to just keep kicking the can now. Nobody's going to bring him in for a workout lest they risk having 30% or more of their fan base instantly irate. So why do you want, and, and I'm not saying it's right, Yeah, but I, I'm trying to explain and understand the thought process of the teams. Why would you invite pissing off 
sorry, Manchester, 30% of your fan base. Yeah. Just to bring a guy in to throw the football around on the field. That's right. For 90 I minutes. Know. Why yeah. would you do it? Right. Why? Did, why? What's your, what's your purpose? What's your point? What's your objective? That's why the NFL tried that, that workout that like was conducted yeah. by the league. So right. nobody gets specifically splashed by the 30% blowback because how dare you even talk to this anti-American yada, 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 all the things that I don't want to go down that path, Yeah, but they're wrong. They're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. Right. But they are who they are, and they're part of your fan base. And you're going to piss off 30% of your fan base, of your customer base, if you flirt with this guy. So why are you even going to do it? I think that's what it comes back to. I know. And the fact that they've made it five years of keeping him out of the game makes it easier to say the guy's been out for five years. And the only reason I think this is, this is a thing now is the light bulb went off for someone in Kaepernick's camp. Hey, there aren't enough good quarterbacks to go around this year. Now's your opening. Let's go do this. Let's start working out in the backyards of the teams that that have Drew Locke and Davis Mills as their starting quarterback options. Yeah, I I I, I would think that's their approach. You know, it does seem like there's you know some inklings there, but I think you're right. I mean, again, I think that's where teams are scared. They are, you know, and and, and not to say that some of them you know don't support Colin Kaepernick. I think they do. But, you know, the bigger picture here is like you talked about, alienating the fan base. You know, you bring them in or even put them on the team to see what goes on. It takes over the team. That's all that's going to be talked about. It's all that's going to be talked about in your first OTA with media in the locker room or anything. It's all guys are going to hear about, talk about. So that's where, again, as we talk about this all the time, it's just coaches are afraid of those, those distractions. They are. And it's amazing that we are still talking about this five years, you know, down the road still. Still looks good, in shape, definitely. I give Seattle and Pete Carroll, you know, some credit for being a guy that, you know, continues to, you know, bring this conversation front and center. I will give them some credit there. At least they're giving the guys some some PR or some media hype to maybe get teams or somebody to think about it or keep this alive in, in the the national conversation to a degree but you're at the same time I want to go okay you're saying all these things but are you gonna really do it are you really gonna do it and risk yeah. the things you're talking about that is the million dollar question Chris if anyone's gonna do it it's them I know it's it seems them. like it's only them right everybody everybody's playing uh, hot potato on this that that everyone will will say just enough to stop short See, they're trying to strike a balance here. They want to placate the portion of their fan base that thinks Kaepernick got screwed. They don't want to alienate the portion of their fan base that thinks Kaepernick got what he deserved. And one of the things we reported on during the Colin Kaepernick collusion grievance against the NFL, the NFL did extensive polling about what its fans thought. And it was equal parts at each end of the spectrum. Support. And opposition. And for whatever reason, the NFL chose to cater to the part that was loudly opposed. And and maybe just because they were louder than the 30% at the other end that was supportive. Definitely louder. And if the window if the window was ever open for Colin Kaepernick, it was post George Floyd when people had that epiphany. Like, wait, that's what all this stuff that 
kind of took the country by storm in the summer of 2020. Isn't that the stuff that that Colin Kaepernick was, isn't that the point he was trying to make that it's easier in California for someone to have a, a license to carry a gun as a law enforcement officer than it is to hold a curling iron as a cosmetologist. And it is, it's a, it's a, a shorter apprentice. It's a lesser investment of time. I remember looking it up when he made that point in 2016. So if it, if it was ever going to happen, it was then, and it didn't happen then two years later, just because there's not a glut of veteran quarterbacks and he's doing these workouts I don't know that that's enough to make it happen. I don't. I, I, from a PR standpoint, I love that he's putting the pressure on him and he's dusting off these issues. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when, when everybody gets together next week at West Palm Beach for the annual meetings, I guarantee you that there's not going to be a ton of conversation about, gee, boy, we were going to be the one. We're going to hey, Colin Kaepernick is pretty good. We better go sign him. He's not going to come up at all, and if he does, it's just going to be kind of like, well, I hope he gets a chance. Yeah, He yeah. deserves a chance. Say yeah. all the right things, but right. nobody's going to do it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. You hit on all the main points. And in general, again, most coaches, people around NFL – Five years out of anything, like what? That uh, you know, that that's hard to say. Oh, he's going to come back and hit the ground running and be close to the player he was. I'm sitting here going, wait, how good will Deshaun Watson be next year? A guy that's in the prime of his career and 26 years old with a year off from football. I'm going, oh, how good can he really be right away? Oh, next year, uh, it's going to take some time to get back going. Five years away from the sport, no practice. No live drills and real NFL forums with you know NFL type players going against you. That that's the other thing that just at this point between all the things you've explained and then that thought that I know is in every coach's brain. That that uh, those two things together, I just think yeah, there's going to be things that are said the right way, but the actions of signing him will never happen. If you know you're getting 2012, 2013 Colin Kaepernick right now that you can plug right in, you know, and supplant Drew Locke. Yeah. Supplant Marcus right. Mariota. Right. Supplant Davis Mills. Sure. Supplant Mitchell Trubisky. That's one thing. Yes. But this is a process. You got to get him back. You got to get him up to speed. You got to give him time. And through all of it, what's going to happen? Your fan base is going to be pissed and they're going to be loud. And there is no owner in the NFL with the moral or financial courage to do what's right here. And maybe that's the way to put it. Maybe we put it as a challenge to them. I mean, I understand the business side of it, but again, it doesn't make it right. So I call upon you, the owners of the NFL teams, who has the moral and financial courage to do the right thing, put this guy on a roster, when I I already know the answer. I'm asking a question to which I know the answer. They say every lawyer should, you know, you never ask a question you don't know the answer. I know the answer. None of them. Not a single one of them. That's who this falls on. And it's a shame that guys like Pete Carroll have to be the ones who who do the song and dance publicly. Because they're not the ones making the decision. That's right. These decisions are coming from the people who will feel the pain of the Colin Kaepernick backlash in their pocketbooks. Say, no, I'm I'm done dancing around it. The owners of the NFL teams lack the moral and financial courage to do the right thing. And they have for the last five years. Why in the world, Chris... Do we expect it to change now? No, I know. You're right. It's not going to change. It's not. 
Well, that's that's all there is to it. And I would be shocked if Colin Kaepernick was signed by any team or given a workout. I really I would be shocked. And again, I don't like that. We would gladly yeah. be shocked. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Shock us. Right. Exactly. Shock us. Right. NFL owners. One of you. All it takes is one. Shock us. Let's take a break. When we return, we're going to do a draft of the biggest winners of the Tyreek Hill trade. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. The poll results are in. Who is the better receiver right now, Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill? 72.1% say Devontae Adams. And I say this with all due respect to the people who responded to the poll. 72.1% of you don't know football. <laughs> I said it. I'll say it, too. They're right? on my damn Twitter feed. Come on. What the hell are you doing? You're listening on my Twitter feed doing that. What is that? You're exactly right. I mean, it's to me, there's no brainer who I'm taking there. No brainer. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not even really thinking twice about that. If you gave me the choice, one or two, I'm going, oh, Tyree Kill, please. Thank you. They're both great. They're both great. Yeah. But Tyree Kill is in a different category of special because of all the things he can do to affect a defense and attract attention. And we've, we've talked about yeah. that all show long. All right. We're going to do a draft of the biggest winners of the Tyree Kill trade. There will not be a Devontae Adams appearance, I assume. Uh, here is the trivia question for you, Chris. Tyree Kill has... 56 career touchdown catches for the Chiefs, fourth most in franchise history. Tony Gonzalez and Travis Kelsey both have more. Who is the only Kansas City Chiefs receiver with more than 56 career touchdown passes? Wide receiver. Gosh. Not, not tight end. Wide receiver. Wow. That, it's You're not, never going to get this. No, I mean, that's a position that's really, like you, you think about the Chiefs right now, and I'm going, wait, nobody in the 80s that's like stands out. The 70s, Joe Montana, early 90s. There's no one, you know, that I look at to go, ooh, is that – is it Dwayne Bowe? He's the only receiver. I thought – that's who I thought of. Yeah. I thought of Dwayne Bowe. I thought of Dwayne Bowe. Otis Taylor. Otis 89. Taylor. So it was way back. I, I was afraid it might be somebody that I wasn't thinking about from the late 60s there. And you know what? For some reason, and forgive me, I, I, I think I thought Otis Taylor was also a tight end. So I'm, I would have been wrong altogether there. Yes. Yeah. Um, All right, yes. take your uh, freaking Otis Taylor, first pick. Pick. All right, that, did Otis uh, Taylor? He was part of that team that beat the Vikings in the Super Bowl. He didn't. He he whooped their. I'm butts taking too. my first pick. I'm taking my first pick. <laughs> Forty-five toss power trap. Was that what it was? Yeah, How can yeah. I forget? I want to forget. Uh, uh, Mike McDaniel? Are you kidding me? Not McDaniel's. It's McDaniel's, not McDonald's. The rhymes are Daryl's. The burgers are Ronald's. Mike McDaniel is the uh, biggest winner because now he's got. The ultimate chess piece, the ultimate, the ultimate cheat code for his new offense. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. He's definitely one of the names I got down on the list. I mean, how do you not love that? You know, two receivers that can fly and do anything and score touchdowns, a tight end, good running back. So uh, I'm with you. I think he's, you know, definitely – to me, it was either him as the first pick or Tua. Tua's who I'm going to go with. I mean, come on. How could Tua not be a winner from this trade? Wow. Uh, I mean, you, you got two of the most explosive receivers in football at your disposal. Uh, even though you're not famous for a strong arm, hey, guys play man-to-man bump and run against those two guys. You don't got to be that special. You just kind of throw it up 40 yards in the air and let them run and go get it. But let alone he's going to be able to throw, you know, slant here. Oh, little, you know, shuffle pass like we talked about before, 70 yards, 60 yards, 30 yards. I mean, that, that to me is – you know, golden for Tua that he can have guys like this that have the ability to have such great yards after the catch production. 
Jalen Waddle will be the next one for me because, look, this guy is coming of age. This guy is developing. This guy has the potential to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. And now Tyreek Hill is going to be the guy that attracts the attention. So Jalen Waddle is going to get to run wild, assuming they can get him the football. But in that offense with Mike McDaniel, with Tyreek Hill, regardless of who plays quarterback, Jalen Waddle, I think, ends up becoming a star in his own right, even though Tyreek Hill is going to get most of the attention. It wouldn't surprise me if Waddle ends up with more catches, yards, and touchdowns at the end of the day than Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. It wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, Waddle's a really good receiver, probably a better route runner than, than Tyreek Hill as far as doing some of the underneath you know, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker type of stuff we talk about so often. But I wouldn't be shocked there. And, and again, you can't double both of them. It's going to be hard to double both of them. So uh, one of them is going to be seeing a, a good mismatch. And yeah, I, I think you're right. It'll probably be Waddle more times than not, especially early on. Um, I'm going to go to somebody we talked about earlier in the show. I'm going to go to McCole Hardman. Uh, he's, he's a winner. I mean, hey, yeah, the pressure's on, but you know, you're the guy now. You're the speed guy. You're the guy that's, hey, run that post flying over there. Run that deep cross flying over there. You're no longer the third read. You're going to be the first or second read on a lot of these plays. Uh, so that's where it's going to be awesome. And we talked about he's he wanted to take it to the next level at the Super Bowl and be the guy. And he wants to strike it rich in free agency after the 2022 season. He's got his chance now to get some balls and get some yards and, and up his price tag a lot. Quick break. We'll wrap up the draft. The biggest winners from the Tyreek Hill trade when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, here we are so far. We're going to finish up the draft. The biggest winners from the Tyreek Hill trade. I'm going to go Steven Ross because you know what? Nothing gets people to quit talking about the controversy engulfing him, including the allegation that he offered Brian Flores $100,000 per loss in 2019 than having a damn good football team. And in the event, in the event that the NFL does decide that he did it and forces him to sell, if the team is competitive, you get more money for the team if you're forced to sell. So either way, he wins if he still owns it. He wins if he ends up having to sell it because he's got a better team now. He's got a better asset than he had before he got Tyreek Hill. Good as pick long there. as he has Tyreek Hill. Good pick Hill. there. I, w- I didn't think of that. I didn't write that down. But, yeah, that's uh, an interesting angle, and, and you're right. That's definitely a win for Steven Ross there. We're, we're talking about how awesome the Dolphins can be and seems, you know, he's letting them write many checks as they want. Um, mine, I, I'm going to go uh, AFC West defensive co- defense defensive backs, AFC West DBs. They won yesterday. You don't got to play the guy with three rockets up his ass twice a year and, you know, a guy that's got a cannon for a right arm. You know, you've been let off the hook. One of the most dangerous down-the-field threats in the history of football is no longer on your schedule twice a year. I don't care who you are or how talented you are. You got to be happy that you don't got to deal with that guy anymore. Hey. J.C. Jackson, he left the division where Hill went, and he lands in the division that Hill left. (laughs) It's perfect for him. (laughs) Now Malcolm Butler, welcome back to the Patriots. You get to deal with (laughs) Tyreek Hill. Maybe he's going to retire again. Uh, He did sit out all of 2021. He's back with the Patriots after time with the Titans and then the Cardinals. Bobby Wagner visiting the Rams. We we kind of expected the Rams would get involved at some point, Chris. You know, it, it gets back to what we've talked about. If the money's not there... Does Bobby Wagner do it now, or does he wait? I would wait until training camp if the money's not where I want it to be. Yeah, I, I would say so, too, because he's, he's not just some aging veteran that's a name. He's, he's still a real good player. He adds value. He would fit what they want to do there. You know. But, yes, I think the price has got to be right. You, you've talked about that linebacker market. 
That's it for us, Chris. Enjoy your weekend. All the things you bought I will. at the store yesterday. Work hard Zero. tomorrow. See ya. <laughs> at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.